0: In 2007, there was a well-liked professor at Carnegie Mellon University, Professor Randy Posh. Professor Posh received a cancer diagnosis and he was told that he would only have a few months to live. So this professor started designing what he would ultimately call the last lecture. He carefully chose every word, knowing that his students would remember these things even after he had passed away well the students loved the last lecture it went viral it began getting national attention people started tuning in just to hear what this dying professor had to say even oprah winfrey had him on her program so he could deliver the last lecture to a national audience well professor posh wasn't the first one to think of this The apostle Peter who wrote our scripture today, he knew that he would soon die as well. So he carefully chose every word that he wanted us to hear even after he had passed away. So we ought to tune our ears, we ought to tune in to what he had to say knowing he would soon leave this earth. This is what he designed the letter to be. Look in verses 13 and 14 with me. He said, I think it is right as long as I am in this body, to stir up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon. As our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. Peter knew these were his last words. Peter knew this was the last thing that people would remember about him. And how did he choose his words? What did he choose to convey in his last words so that we might all remember? He says that you might remember these things. What are these things he refers to? Well, in the verses that follow, which we're going to look at this morning, Peter refers to these things, these these evidences that point to one all-important fact, that Jesus is God. This is what the dying Peter wanted all of us to know urgently, and he refers to two pieces of evidence that he found so compelling, so inarguable, that if anybody were to read his last words, they would know this one fact that Jesus is God. Two pieces of evidence that he pointed to. One was eyewitness proof. Peter was an eyewitness and an ear witness to the divinity of Jesus Christ, which we're going to see. And secondly, prophetic proof. All the prophets, what they point to was this simple fact that Jesus is God. Let's hear about the eyewitness proof that he wants all of us to remember. Let's hear about that first. Verse 16, he writes, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Who's we? He's referring to Peter James and John, in the ancient world, you needed two or more witnesses in order to substantiate a claim. He's referring to these three people. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Verse seventeen. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven For we were with him on the holy mountain." Peter's referring here to the famous Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus brought his inner core, his inner closest disciples, Peter, James, and John. He invited them to witness something that would change the whole world. He would invite them to witness the revelation on the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus would be revealed as fully part of the Trinitarian Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you want to learn more about the Mount of Transfiguration and what happened there, I refer you to an earlier sermon, an earlier text from August 30 this past year. You can look it up on the church podcast or the website where we studied Matthew chapter 17, the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter was there. He was an eyewitness, an ear witness to what the Father's voice boomed from heaven to say, this is my son. Pay attention to him. So Peter is showing us this all-important piece of evidence that would refer to, that would point to this all-important truth that Jesus Christ is God. His dying words were that we would remember that Jesus is God, and he refers to his own eyewitness. But he also gives another piece of evidence. It's like he's saying, if you don't believe me and my eyewitness, refer to this second piece of evidence, the prophets. Let's read about that in verse 19. And he says, and in addition to my eyewitness, we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Peter is saying, don't believe me? Fine, look at all the prophets. Pay attention to those prophets. They all had one job, and that was to point to the simple fact that Jesus Christ is God. He says, you'll do well to pay attention to the prophets, to read every word, to read every verse, to read every chapter. They all point to this one simple truth. You would do well to pay attention to them as one pays attention to a lamp in a dark place a lamp in a dark place. Now in Peter's time, it was long before our time, obviously lamps looked a little bit different than they look for us today. I have a picture here I wanna show you of what a Herodian lamp would look like. Those of you who've traveled to Israel, you've probably seen something like this. It's a tiny little clay dish and you would put some flammable oil in it and you would lay a wick and you could light this lamp in the dark night. Now, Peter lived long before there were street lights to light up the evening, long before they were flashing LED lights all around a household charging various electronics, long before there would be light pollution from a nearby metropolis. No, in Peter's time and in Jesus' time, when it got dark outside, it got really dark. So a simple little flickering flame on a lamp like this one would change the whole atmosphere of a room. It would reveal things that weren't seen before in the darkness. One simple little flame would reveal what couldn't be seen before. Peter's saying, think about that lamp. Pay attention to the prophets as one might pay attention to a lamp because the prophets reveal what we couldn't see before. They reveal truth that we couldn't see before. They reveal the main all-important truth that Jesus is God. Peter says, pay attention to the prophets. Read them. Read every word because they point, they reveal this truth about Jesus. But I love where he takes the metaphor from there. You would do well to pay attention as to a a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Peter's saying, you think that little lamp is impressive. It changes the whole room. It changes the atmosphere. It reveals things you couldn't see before. You think that little flickering flame is impressive. Wait till you see the source of all light himself. Wait till you see the sunrise. You just wait until you re- Jesus Christ is revealed in your hearts. He's referring to that. Pay attention to the prophets, but even more so, pay attention when the sunrise of faith in Jesus Christ arises in your hearts. Now you will begin to see all truth revealed through him and in him and for him. Peter is saying, I have eyewitness proof that Jesus Christ is God. I saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration, but the prophets all point to this very same truth. Pay attention to them as one pays attention to a lamp in a dark place until faith, real faith in Jesus Christ is revealed in your hearts. Peter refers to all the prophets as proof, as pointing to this simple truth. And you know, there are people who have the gift of prophecy even now. We have the ancient prophets right here in our scriptures, but God continues to reveal truth even through prophets nowadays. I had an experience some years ago with the gift of prophecy right here at Stanbridge Church. I was not yet a candidate to become an associate pastor here. This was about 10 years ago. I was finishing up my tenure at Focus in New York City, and I was wondering where God might be calling me and I was looking at various churches. At the same time, a search was happening here at Standwich and Pastor Chuck called some people into the sanctuary on Wednesday nights to pray for God's selection for who the new associate pastor might be. One of those praying people was a woman named Jill Thompson in our congregation. And she was sitting right here in this sanctuary and she was praying. And she wrote Pastor Chuck an email later that evening because something was revealed to her while she was praying. She was sitting right here, and she was looking up at the wall behind me, looking at the cross, and she saw a name. A name appeared in her imagination right on the wall. And the name she wrote in this email to Pastor Chuck was Nathan. She didn't know what it meant. Maybe it was referring to Nathan Adams, the previous senior pastor of the church. So she emailed it to him and kind of forgot about it. And Pastor Chuck, for his part, he got the email, and he promptly forgot about it as well. He put it in a folder in his email called Prophetic. But some weeks later, he learned from the search committee that they were interviewing somebody that they wanted him to meet. The name was Nathan Hart. And Chuck thought to himself, now, do I know that name? That sounds familiar. Do I know this person? And then he remembered the email that he had gotten from Jill some weeks before. And he pulled out the email once again, and he wondered if this was God writing a story. Now, I tell you that whole story, and I have to stop for a moment because I know Pastor David is going to give me a hard time about sharing that story, because on Tuesday mornings when we review the sermon that's preached the Sunday before, I often hear from Pastor David, and he says, you know, I'd like to hear more stories from you, Nathan, where you look bad. He said, most of your stories, you end up looking good, and I know he's going to give me a hard time about this, but here's the point of that story with Jill Thompson. It doesn't actually make me look good. I didn't do anything, really. I didn't have a really great interview or put together a nice resume to make my name appear on the wall. No, that was God speaking to Jill. Pastor Chuck doesn't even really look good in the story either. He promptly forgot about the email that he got until later when it was brought back to mind. Even Jill, the one with the gift of prophecy, isn't the hero of the story. She showed up to faithfully pray, but it was God who revealed the name to her. God was writing a story. That whole story I share with you not to make any human heroes out of it, but because the the gift of prophecy points to the faithfulness of God in the same way that Peter is describing the prophets pointing to Jesus. Prophecy is not really about us. In fact, it says so right here in verse 21. It says, No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In that story I just shared, I was simply being carried along by the greater power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Chuck was being carried along by the greater power of the Holy Spirit. Jill was being carried along by the greater power of the Holy Spirit. That whole story is not really about us. It's not even about the gift of prophecy. It's about God in the same way that Peter points to the prophets as evidence of that Jesus is God. It's not about the prophets so much. They had one job, which was not to point to themselves, but to point to the simple and profound and all-important truth that Peter wants us to know so urgently, that Jesus is God. And as we head into a new year now, we would do well to pay attention to Peter's eyewitness account to the prophets, both ancient and contemporary, because they're telling a story. Now, I want to conclude with one idea for us. Peter contrasts these solid evidences, eyewitness and prophetic witness, against what the alternative could be for storytelling. Go back to verse 16 with me and see what he is comparing and contrasting these hard evidences against. Verse 16, he says, We did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, Peter is saying we didn't make this stuff up. There's no conspiracy theory here. It's not a bunch of people getting around cleverly to devise a myth. No, all of this story, all of this truth is coming from God. God revealed it on the mountain. God revealed it in his prophets. This is a story that God is telling, not that humankind is telling. It's not a cleverly devised myth. And the reason I want to end with this idea is because in 2021, we will probably be presented, each one of us, with some cleverly devised myths. If 2021 is anything like 2020, I know that your inbox, your email inbox, your social media feed will present you with quite a few cleverly devised myths. I know this because they landed in your inboxes in 2020. I know this because you forwarded some of them to me. And I saw these cleverly devised myths, these conspiracy theories, and I don't think they're going to stop going into 2021. But we would do well. Not to pay attention to those, but to pay attention to the eyewitness testimony of people like Peter and all of the prophets and what they point to, this most important truth that's not a myth, that is hard fact, which is that Jesus Christ is God. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our guide. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. And so in order to really focus on this in 2021, perhaps you've already heard us mention this, but we'll have an opportunity to put something better in our inboxes. Not cleverly devised myths, but the Bible, the truth of scripture. We have five minute audio Bible studies ready to land in your inbox every morning all year. If you haven't signed up for this yet, you can still do it on the church website. I encourage us all to pay attention. Not just to Peter's last words, but to the words that that they all, the truth that those words point to—that Jesus is God. Let's get in the Word in 2021. Let it be our guide, pointing us every day to the fact that Jesus is God. Amen.